You are listening to sermon series on Spotlight on the Word. Today we are going to talk about another interesting episode as part of our overall theme for the month, which is the hand that made us is divine. The hand that made us is divine. Last week we spoke about God is the fact that regardless of the ideologies that we may accept or entertain, we have to come to the reality about the existence of God. So today we are continuing and we are looking at God made us as part of the overall theme which is the hand that made us is divine. God made us is the title for today's sermon. Now when it comes to um, um, accounts of creation, it is so interesting to know that um, there are many people who doubt the story of Genesis. Even um, some who claim to be Christians um, even think that oh, um, there are other things that the uh, creation account in Genesis uh, does not tell us and therefore we need to fill in the gaps with some theories and all those kind of things. However, it's so interesting that uh, these same people who doubt the story in Genesis, Genesis 1 or 2, would be the same people who would um, easily accept some accounts of creation which uh, or which do not or which do not even um, uh, um, match with what the Bible says and so they are very funny um, and in fact very ridiculous uh, um, creation stories all around from different different cultures and there are many people who accept this but when it comes to the creation account as we see in Genesis, these people will reject that creation account. And that is why today we want to look at a few things about it. And I believe that by the time we will be done, indeed your conviction will be that God made us. God made us. Now, let me give you... Um, an overview of some of the creation accounts that uh, I've ever heard. There is the Egyptian one about a god called Ra creating everything. I wouldn't want to go into that one, uh, but I'm just mentioning that one. There is the Chinese one um, where someone um, someone called Pangu um, or a being called Pangu created almost everything that we see. And yesterday I posted one of it, which is the Chinese one on the spotlight on the word was our platform and it's so funny that some of the things that it is said that came out of pangu is very very funny and one of the things that they said when pangu died uh, there were fleas and lice that were all over uh, pangu's body kind of you know these are insects um, because of the decomposition of the body these insects were all around and over his body and funny enough they said these fleas eventually became the ancestors of we humans today can you believe that it's not just the chinese one let me indulge you let me just read a simple one which i take from christian korea about the the babylonian christian account and this it says that the babylonian christian account um records or record begins with the story of two asian gods a male named Apsu 
and his female companion, Tiamat. These two produced many additional gods. Eventually, these offspring's gods became so boisterous that Apsu, who said he had no quiet and peace, neither day nor night, determined that he would destroy them. One of the gods, whose name was Ea, discovered his father's plan and so assassinated him. <laughs> he assassinated his, his father, who is a god, <laughs> assassinated Apsu. Now, Ea then begat a god named Maduk. So, Ea gave birth to another god called Maduk, who became the city deity of Babylon. Meanwhile, the widow, which is uh, Tiamat, the wife of Apsu, created a number of horrible monsters whose bodies were filled with poison instead of blood. She determined that she would use these monsters to avenge the death of Apsu, his husband. She appointed Pingu, one of her offspring, to lead the avenging forces. However, the targeted gods heard of Tiamat's intention and selected Maduk to fight against her. Now Maduk took his bow, his bow, arrow and club and went against Tiamat. He captured her in a net. Then Tiamat opened her mouth to devour Maduk. He caused a strong wind to blow into her. Her body became distended. Maduk shot an arrow into her. It tore her belly and finally pierced her heart and she died. Maduk victoriously stood upon her carcass. Finally, he cut her body into two pieces from which he made the heavens and the earth. Eventually, Kingu was also killed. The blood was let out of his body and from this blood, Maduk commissioned Ea to make mankind. What an interesting story. So this is what um, we read from <laughs> the, uh, the Babylonian account about um, the creation of um, the world and how human beings came to be. One thing you have to note is that when it comes to the creation account, there are two things that are central to every creation account first of all every creation account will want to tell you about the exit or how the world was created or better still the universe was created and then it will go forth to also tell you about how human beings came to be or how we came to this end and so this is what we read from the babylonian account as to how come the world heaven and earth was created and how come human beings even came to this earth and i believe that uh, let me read the conclusion of the writer he said can any rational person reflect upon the details of this ancient narrative and fail to discern the glaring contrast between the dignity of the mosaic record and the utter bizarreness of the babylonian epic <laughs> sorry so you see when when you compare this account we are reading that tiamat being killed her body being cut into parts use one for heaven and one for earth it's so funny but these same people who would have issues with Genesis account will have issue with what um, will not have issue with this Babylonian account and several other myth, 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 creation myth that we have out there. And this is what sometimes uh, I think last week when we were having our discussion, I made mention that for most people who do not want to believe or who do not believe it isn't because god has made them not to believe and it isn't because there are no evidence to show that indeed there is a god but rather it is because they do not want to believe because if you compare the 
genesis account and indeed to what i just read you see that there is the the, the more rational account is the genesis account but many people will find it difficult to accept this rather who entertain stories and fables such as this and this indeed tells us that people actually want reasons or have reasons for not believing it isn't because maybe there isn't evidence or there isn't enough to convince them to believe but today i want to um, tell you about some portions of the bible that also give um or account or that also gives us an opportunity to understand that indeed god is the one who made us other than going to genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to tell you about how man was made not because i'm fed up with uh, the genesis account or not because it has a problem but i just want to build upon that account in genesis to let us know that it is from this account that many other writers of the inspired scriptures also made mention or made certain comments which we ought to look at today and the very first one i want us to look at is the book of psalms the book of psalms so um let me mention the verses we are looking at there are just three verses today we'll talk about psalm 139 we'll talk about job 10 and then we'll talk about acts chapter 17 these are the three main chapters we are going to take our verses from so whilst we open to the book of psalms um psalm the book of psalm 139 the 139 so open to psalm 139 and let's begin to read from the verse 13 so when you begin to read from the beginning the psalmist is talking about the um, omniscient or omnipresence of god that in that um, there is no way he or there's no way he will go that god will not no god will not see that god is everywhere or god sees everything that he does and so in verse 12 um verse 13 sorry he says you formed my inward part you covered me in my mother's womb so what he was trying to say is that after all it is god who created us knows everything within us and so there is nothing we can really hide from god and there is nowhere we can really go that God will not know or God will not uh, uh, be there or the presence of God will not be. And so that's what he's saying that. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous I works and that my soul knows very well. Verse 15 of the same Psalm 139 says, My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth, your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! So this is what the psalmist is saying. And so when you read the entire to the verse 23 you say search me O god and know my heart try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting what the psalmist is stressing here is that indeed god is the creator god is the one who created us god is the one who has the ability to know whichever thing that is within us and so he's, he's actually saying that he's in god's hands there is nothing he can really hide from God. 
and so God should search his entire body and know if there is any wicked or if there is any then that is not good then God would work on it for him that is the import of the entire psalm but what we see from this psalm is that the acknowledgement of the fact that indeed God is the one who even made our inward parts God is the one who made us. He saw our being even when we were not yet formed. So, kind of recognizing that God in his mind had us in mind or had that kind of um, our, our, our life planned out, knowing what he wants us to be or what he wants to do out of love, God created or formed our inward parts. And then um, um, in our mother's womb, he continually cared for us, taking care of us. And today we are here so this is one of the greatest psalm that tells us about the fact that indeed God made us let's talk about another thing from the book of Job now in the book of Job also as you know in Job chapter 10 Job was making an argument pleading with God um, to, 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 to help him in his suffering and the, um, the calamities or the things that he was going through so in Job chapter 10, if you begin to read from the verse um, 9, or let's take it from verse 10. No, okay, let's go to Job chapter 10, verse 7. It says, Although you know that I am not wicked, and there is no one who can deliver from your hand, Job acknowledges in verse 8 that. Your hands have made me and fashioned me an integrate unity, yet you would destroy me. Remember, I pray that you have made me like clay, and would you turn me into dust again? Did you not pour me out like milk and cuddle me like cheese? Clothe me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinews? You have granted me life and favor and your care has preserved my spirit and these things you have hidden in your heart i know that this was with you if i sin then you mark me and will not and will not acquit me of my iniquity so um let me end here now when you begin to read from the verse 7 all the way to verse 13 all that job was saying is that god is the one who made him God is the one who made him out of clay. Or he said God made him like clay. And will God turn him into dust again? Acknowledging the creation account, the fact that we read that out of the dust God formed us. And he went into deeper talking about how the unity between our body parts. And if you read the book of Ezekiel and how it tells us dry bones coming together, this to that, and forming the entire army of uh, 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 a host of armies from just that dry bones. It's the same way that Job is describing to us this place. That it is God who even the most secret or the most uh, um, uh, uh, minute part of our being is made by God. And he's the one who brought them together in unity. And he says that he's the one who clothed us with what? With skin and flesh putting together our, our bones and our sinews and continue to say that it is God who not even the flesh aspect the fleshly aspect but even the spirit within us is God who 
gave it and it is God who cared for it even up until this time. Yet another evidence to show, it, show that God made us. God made us. Now the final verse we will look at before we bring this sermon to a close is Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. So let us quickly open to Acts chapter 17 as we look at um, the verse from the verse 23. Let's start from the verse 23. In Acts chapter 17, he said, For as I was passing through and considering the object of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, him I proclaim to you. Therefore, the one you worship without knowing him I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of all heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. So they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offsprings of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has put in. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked while others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him, believed among them Dionysius or Dionysius the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Amen. So the verses I mentioned in Job chapter 10 and in Psalm 139. Paul in the book of Acts chapter 17 brings everything together in a very nice way. Starting from verse 23, he made us aware that these people, as he was passing through um, Athens, and they were so much of uh, worshipping of um, idols and all those kind of things, Paul became angry, but took the opportunity to proclaim to them the type of god they were worshiping which they didn't know so the inscription to an unknown god paul used that as a a a point of contact or a background to preach to the people and he told them that the god which they didn't know is the god of heaven and earth the one true and only god who created the heaven and earth and that is what he proclaimed to these people and funny enough it is the same way that i believe that for all this bizarre creation account about apsu and tiamat about ra and what about pangu and all those kind of things and even um, if we are to go into the greek uh, mythology about zeus and all those kind of things 
I believe that these people actually were worshipping something they didn't know. And so they didn't know, sorry. And so because they didn't know, they had to bring their own inventions. It means that the creation story, as the Bible records for us from inspiration, is actually what happened. But because these people didn't have the power of inspiration and didn't know all these details and how God did all these things, they came up with different different stories which are passed down from generations to generations. And that is what has now the several mythological stories about creation that we see. But unfortunately, people are easily able to accept this myth as against the logical and reasonable account of the scriptures as we read in Genesis. But Paul said, it is God who made the world and everything in it. And he is the one who made all of us and everything. And he continued to say that he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell all on all the face of the earth. And he's determined, he determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. In the book of Psalm, we read of the same thing, that it is God who fashioned us. He saw our being and fashioned us and made us into what we are. And so, here he is saying that from one blood, of course, remember, Genesis says that Adam and Eve, these are our only parents from which we came. Some of these creation accounts, I tell you, say that um, there was a God like Maduk making, uh, making Ea become in charge of creating of human beings. Some of the accounts say that human beings were molded, 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 molded. So they molded about several people and then from there um, uh, people had to give birth. There was this Chinese one that I was talking about that I've forgotten the goddess but she was a goddess and created some people, molded some people out of the ground. When he goes to a point he realized that oh, creating was so too much and so he wanted a faster way. He had to use a branch of a vine and sprinkled it with um, 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 with clay and every particle of it became a human being and so the ones he actually created with um, clay became the higher forms of human beings and then the ones with uh, he just sprinkled the use the olive branch to sprinkle and also became human being were the lower people and so you see these are things that influence even their culture and how they do things for instance in places like india and other places where we have the caste system some people are seen as a superior and some are seen as less and all those kind of things so you see these creation accounts are not just made or are not just things that we see but because they are so much part of the culture these are things these are our world views and these are things that end up influencing the way we think the way we do things and the way we approach god so it is important that we have to make sure that we get it right when it comes to who actually made the earth and who actually made us as we are on this earth and the bible says it is god who made us it is god who made us sometimes this will seem so simplistic because after all we all what is the problem with um, the creation or uh, um, what is the problem before I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that God made that sometimes as Christians we become so complicit to, uh, um, with these ideas that we don't take them so seriously until our faith is challenged we meet someone who challenges our faith then begin to think about those things and 
if we are not strengthened, if we are not well convinced in our mind that regardless of all the evolutionary theories and the things that men will bring up and the mythological stories that people will bring up to convince us that this is how we came to be, if we are not well convinced by the word or by the word of God as we read from the book of Genesis, I tell you, when we are presented with some of this account, we will, we, will, we, uh, we will be shaking or we will shoot and we will be, will be our faith will be will be uh, will be shook shook and then we'll be afraid that in fact maybe what we actually believe isn't it and that is why there is the need for us to look at this and so today i've come to let us know that indeed god is the one who made us as we see in the book of acts chapter 17 from the verse 23 downwards but what is very important is that it's not just the mere acceptance of the fact that god made us paul said in times of ignorance god overlooked in times of ignorance of what some will say ignorance of the fact that no it is not ignorance of the fact that god created us because even in romans chapter 1 verse 20 these things are being seen through the things that god has created and then but rather through the ignorance of the fact that after acknowledging or knowing all these things, there is a judgment that awaits. When men were ignorant of this judgment issue, God overlooked, but now commands all of us everywhere to repent. To repent. And because of that, he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man he has ordained and he has a, he has given assurance of this eminent judgment that is coming by raising christ Jesus from the dead and so it is for us to indeed not just acknowledge that god made us but we should let it help us to be able to understand that because he made us he is the one who sustains us he is the one who provides for us and he will be the one who has the sole right to determine our fate or our destiny and that is in the end there will be a judgment and from this judgment we'll see the end result whether we are going to be with god forever or we are going to be eternally separated from god and that is why we need to think deeply about these things that indeed god is the one who made us if you have not become a christian yet please the bible says in times of ignorance god overlooked today you've gotten the opportunity to hear about the fact that god made us you've gotten the opportunity to hear that indeed he appointed one person which is christ jesus whom he brought on this earth to die on behalf of our sin christ died was buried and was resurrected this is the evidence to us that yes the judgment is sure it's going to happen and this evidence of the resurrection also gives us hope that when we die with the same power god is going to raise us from death and so this is what we call the good news this is what we call the gospel if you are hearing this today beloved believe that indeed christ died because of your sins and please repent of any sin that you live in because for those who come to God or who draw near to God, must desist of every evil thing. So let us repent of every sin that we have in our life. And what else? 
let us draw near to God through confession that indeed Christ Jesus is the Son of God. And let us allow ourselves or let us give ourselves to Christ through baptism to become children of God. He says that he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And this is what gives us an assurance that indeed in the end we are going to receive salvation. If you are a Christian and you've, you've been baptized into the lost church, today what the Bible is telling us, repentance is not a one-time thing. We need to continually repent of our sins and give ourselves to Christ Jesus. Let us desist from all manner of evil and then let us humble ourselves to follow the word and to follow Christ. And I believe that when we do this, in the end, on the day which he has appointed, or he has ordained to judge all of us, we are going to be victors and we are going to inherit eternal life. May the Lord, the Lord be with you as we bring this short admonition to a close. Share this with many other people and keep following Spotlight on the Word. Bye.